Radio Drone. Ugh, another Radio Drone is upon us, and unfortunately, I, I mean fortunately, Brad is back this week. I am. I'm returned this week. And and you and I think you you brought something with you, didn't you? I did. Jared, I'm holding the bottle of water right now. Is that what you're talking about? Jared, he's talking about me, dude. Oh, oh right. Okay. <laughs> Jared, this shows how much he cares about you. You don't even qualify as a thing to him. I know. I know. Sorry, Jared doesn't quench my thirst. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're into real awkward territory here. If I had a retort to that. <laughs> All right, I'm Josh. You heard Brad. Jared's here. You can contact us at 1201beyond at gmail.com. we got DVDs to give away for the next six weeks to you people. So we're going to be giving some DVDs away later on. So pay attention. Brad, you just got back from uh, some convention. Tell us about I did. it. I got back a couple of days ago from C2E2, and I'm still, I'm still getting back into work mode. <laughs> Meaning... You're just loafing oh, around? I mean, that was like four days, you know. I took a, basically like a four or five day vacation there, and I work quite a bit, you know. I'm, I'm kind of a workaholic a bit on the site, so that was... So four days to me not working on the, the website is a long time. So coming back, you know, I'm, I'm getting back into, okay, I gotta watch I gotta watch this terrible movie and write this and get, get back and get, get back into my work psyche. <laughs> well, Jared, what about you? Did you miss him, or were you kind of disappointed he came back? Oh, of course I missed him. I mean, you know, who else would I have to talk to? Jillian? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, okay, Brad, I think we need to make a mental note. Don't let Jillian hear this show. <laughs> <laughs> no. she, doesn't, she doesn't watch any of my stuff. Well, I was going to say, if she does, she'd just think it was typical of me to say that. I got to tell you, though, I did watch today... Uh, the one for the new video, which uh, is the was the unreleased uh, work print of Grizzly Two. You got some a fan sent you Lethal Ninja on VHS, yeah, I so I wanted to make fun of you. I already have that in much better condition. So ha! The Lethal Ninja tape. I haven't yeah. actually I haven't actually seen that movie. That's that's one that I, that's one that I haven't seen. He gave me that and uh, Challenge of the Lady Ninja, which I'm kind of excited about. I'm excited <laughs> about that one. I like that title. <laughs> well, and I also saw you finally picked up the Nightmare Cafes, even though it's up the PAL set, so I don't have to go dig out my copies to send to you. Right? Yeah, I did. I was I was I was excited about. It. I was at this I was at this stand that had a lot of shows like that. That had a lot of shows like that on DVD, and I asked the guy how much the DVDs were. And he told me I misunderstood what he said. He said they're twenty dollars and five dollars for each additional disc. I read that as in, okay, I'm gonna get a DVD for twenty bucks. The rest of them will be five bucks each. Be relatively cheap. That's not what he meant. He meant if I'm buying a DVD that has more than one disc in it. Those discs cost an extra five dollars. That is ridiculous. So I'm standing there with a stack of probably about seven or eight DVDs. Like I'm holding, and a lot of honestly, a lot of them I I already owned. I was just getting them because they're in a they're on like one or two discs. They're in a they're in a case. It's just I, a lot of them I was getting for convenience. Like Manimal, he had Manimal there. So so I'm like okay, I'll get that just for convenience because I, I I really like that box. So I was holding in my hands like Manimal, uh, The Master, Freddy's Nightmares, 
a few others, a, a few other uh, like original original episodes of a uh, Space Ghost. I think I had. He tells me the price, which was like over two hundred dollars, and I'm like, okay, you, you scumbag. All right, so I I picked the two that I really wanted, which was one of them was Nightmare Cafe, and I can't remember what the other one was, because uh, Nightmare Cafe I I really 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 wanted. Well, I had a similar experience. I talked about this when I was on the mental cast last week while you were gone. I had to do something while you were gone. There's a place in Appleton, a video game store. I'm not going to say their name. I think this was kind of a, I won't call it sleazy, but yeah. I'll call it a kind of asshole tactic. Sure. I, I, I go in there, you know, there's all the walls of Sega games, Super Nintendo, just a wall of boxed Nintendo games. Yeah. And I went, oh my god! I'm I'm just grabbing this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. I go up with like 20 different games. I go up to the counter. The guy just hands me just the games back. I'm like, uh, wait a minute. Uh, he goes, the boxes are for display only. You you're well, just yes. getting the game. Uh huh. I was so pissed. I just I just had to put them all back. I actually were buying was buying these more for the box than the game. I know that sounds stupid, but no, no, that that doesn't sound stupid. I no, because that's. Oh, because there's there's a game there's a game store here in town. I don't, they 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 don't do this anymore, but they they would have the original box there, but they would have the game behind it in a plastic case that made it obvious that you were buying just the game and not the box. You no, know what I mean, this was the box with obviously new shrink wrap, you know, not factory shrink wrap, and a price yeah. tag on the box. Yeah. So yeah, I see, thought that, that, that I was buying the whole package. Yeah, see, that's B. That's that's BS right there. Oh, I would I would have been upset too. I was really, and then it was like, and this one did have a sign that said for display only. They had yeah. in the case under the counter a, a Jaguar, TurboGrafx sixteen, all the different variations of Atari. Basically, the consoles for every game system that's come out, and it said for yeah. display only, and it was like, oh, you're just teasing me now. Because I, I still need a Jaguar. I need, I need a new TurboGrafx-16. I need a new Sega CD. You're just teasing me now. Oh, I was so mad. <laughs> Dude, I would, be, I would be mad, too, if I was in a position where I didn't have my Sega CD. I love my Sega CD. See, technically, I have two. One, my I, I have a couple of bunny rabbits. One of my bunny rabbits chewed through the power cord. Oh. So, and, you know, because of... If you've ever seen the nerd video, you know that it requires its own power cord. Yeah. So I I have to take the power cord from one of my other Segas to be able to power that one. And it's a Model 1, so it's ugly as sin. It just, you know, so I say it's a half of a Sega CD because while it technically works, I can't really use it the way it's meant to be used, which is irritating. Damn bunny chew through the electrical cord. <laughs> He's lucky it wasn't plugged in at the time he chewed through it, too. Right. <laughs> what you get for spilling carrot juice on it. <laughs> so, um, what's going on with you? I was you? actually going to uh, interject uh, about uh, the problem with, with the box. You know, now especially nowadays, the box is really is is a really big commodity because in this day and age, you can download... To or um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Um Emulators. Yes, thank you. Emulators for any game these days. So it's like, you know, the box actually becomes more valuable. Right. Because I've only got a couple of box Nintendo games. I've got Dino Wars, one with the Z, because, you know, as Linkar would say, poor literacy is cool. Yeah. I got uh, Guardian Legend, which is actually a pretty decent game. 
Uh, Castlevania 3, although it's an X rental, so it's just plastered with stickers. Yeah. Uh, Deja Vu, Dungeon Magic, Mock Rider, Star Tropics, and I just this week picked up, somebody gave it to a Goodwill, Kabuki Quantum Fighter. <laughs> the only game I've ever seen where you kill people with your hair. I've got a few. Uh, I've got Spy Hunter I have in a box. Uh, like Mario 3. I think my Marble Madness is in, a bo- is in a box. My Batman is. A few. I, I, I have a few that are still in the box. Sega CD is the same way. I've got more that are just the disc. When we were kids, I know we threw the boxes away. But when it's something like a Sega CD where all of the, the cover and everything is literally in a hard shell yeah. that's protecting the, the game itself... How do you let that get ruined while you keep the disc in fine shape? Somebody gave a whole bunch of just Sega CD discs to Goodwill. And I didn't understand, like, did they lose the packaging? Did they throw it away? Did it get wrecked? How is there just the discs for all these games there? When I run into Sega, all of all of my Sega CDs are still in the case. Uh, mine, mine are still in the case. So, but but like whenever I, the game store that we have here in town, the uh, they they have a section for Sega CD, and there are some there that are just the discs. But they have a lot of type. They have a lot of the same titles. So it's rare that you see one that is just the disc that isn't sitting next to the same game that comes with the case. So that's that's pretty convenient. It's the same thing with TurboGrafx-16. The only ones that people have here are just the Hue card. Yeah. Uh, it came in a clamshell case like a CD. You guys yeah. just lost the, the CD case? I don't understand how you can just keep the Hue card. Right, right. No. <laughs> I don't get or it. Sometimes when you go to a Goodwill and you find... Uh, a VHS and you open the box and it's a different movie inside of it. I've done that. I got so excited. I actually still bought it. It was I wanted the box. It, it was a big box of a Thundercats tape. <laughs> and inside was My Little Pony. The actual tape was a My Little Pony tape, but the box was Thundercats, so I bought it anyway. Oh, remember this show being so girly. I mean, they're supposed to be cats, not ponies. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> What happened to your uh, video games, Jared? Oh, um, are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm still here. Thank you for finally including me. Oh. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, growing up, you know, I, I, I never really uh, saw the value in them. So, you know, I would, I would just open them up, throw away the box, and keep. I'd, I'd keep the cartridge, and I'd keep the little like sleeve that the cartridge had. Keep in mind, growing up, all I had was a regular NES. So, yeah. um, so I'd I'd keep the game and I'd keep the little um, the the little uh, slip for the cartridge, uh, just to keep it keep it clean because I, I I was getting sick of blowing in my uh, cartridges all the time just to get them to work. But nowadays, you know, even though I don't uh, have a console, uh, my World of Warcraft is still in its box. Well, what was the what was wrong with us as kids? Why did we throw the boxes away? I, I, I mean, majority. Because I think my. I think my mom must have because I don't actually remember ever throwing the boxes away. I think I—I I mean, I—I I, I certainly probably just sort of discarded it and didn't really do anything with it. But I'm pretty sure it was my mom who probably actually physically threw it away. But think about it on this level: Would you have done that with a VHS tape? Oh, I don't need the sleeve. I just need the tape itself. That's what I paid I for. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, I—I I never did that. I never did that with VHS. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone really, anyone who knew any better wouldn't do something like that. With games, yeah, it's it, it's weird. You just, you know, 
back then being a kid with the NES taking the game out of the box, putting the game in, and yeah, I don't really know what happened to the box after that. It, it's 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 bizarre. It's it's yeah yeah it's it's weird when you think about it. Because okay, I know Brad. I know your age. Jared, how are you comparable to Brad age-wise? I'm just wondering if you're from the same generation as him or an old fart like myself. I'm 36. Oh, uh, well, I'm actually younger than you. I will be turning 31 on Tuesday. I'm so old. Youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> so he's, he's a year and a half older than I am. Oh. We spent the first 15 minutes of the show talking about video games, yet our topic is supposed to be the video era of movies. But I mean, that's. But I mean, that, it, it's weird when you think, like you mentioned that, like, like who in the, who in their right mind would do that? Would do that with a a VHS? Just throw away the box. You know what I mean? But it's weird. Like I, I'll be at a Goodwill and I'll see just a tape sitting there. It's uh, I don't know. See, you know what I like to do? Now, you've known me long enough, Brad, to know I'm a collector of what we'll call OA original airings of TV yeah. shows and things. Yeah, what, yeah. what I love to do is find Goodwill doesn't normally take these, so you got to find some of those like St. Vincent de Pauls or places like that. Find just old, like recorded off TV tapes and go through those. You wouldn't believe some of the cool gold you'll find. Oh, you know, yeah, a, yeah, old yeah, airings yeah, of I've Dungeons and Dragons, and the I've got the original airing of the Ewok Adventure on uh, the, uh, ABC Sunday Night at the Movies and things like that. It's just really cool. I've got a beta tape with Dune premiering on HBO. Oh wow! Oh, That's just, I mean, yeah, it's full frame. It's not the best quality, but it's kind of cool to know that that's the night Dune debuted on HBO that night. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, man, I wish I, I, I used to, I used to have all those kind of tapes. Like, uh, I what I miss the most is I used to have a tape of when. Goldfinger, uh, when Goldfinger aired on like uh, I don't know, like TNT or one of those channels in, in 1985 and I had taped it, I had taped it and I had that tape for the longest time, for the longest time it was or at least growing up, it was that was my copy of, of Goldfinger that it had aired on there and it had all the commercial breaks in it. There was a commercial break in it that was advertising Death Wish 5 or yeah, Death Wish 5, Death Wish 3 Death, Death, Death Wish 3 that was coming out like all these old ads I mean I, I loved it and then my dad and then my dad taped over it <laughs> well, my dad I, taped over it with Goldfinger he taped over it with Goldfinger so he could have another copy of it without the commercial breaks totally misses the point because see I, I, I mean we're going to let Jared talk trust me Jared you are here tonight yeah I'm, I'm yeah. not I was actually. I want to interject about the about the Dune thing. Uh, okay. Did you guys actually? Uh, any of you read the uh, the Dune book? No, no. I never did. Here's the thing. I tried to read that uh, a few years ago. I tried to read that. I got about ten pages in, and I was completely bored because <laughs> the first ten pages was just about the kid's room, and and he was sleeping in the room, and they were just uh, describing the items in his room, and then. Uh, and then on the tenth page, they finally got to his mother and his grandmother standing in his uh, uh, doorway talking, and it's just like oh, I'm getting so bored. And I just put the book down, and I'm like, I'm, I'm done. That's worse than Anne Rice. <laughs> That's worse I've than Anne read, Rice. I've never read that, but you know me, I'm, I I don't read that much. Well, I wanted to say, like Brad, you you said you watched that Goldfinger tape all the time. I yeah. had one. 
being a heavy metal fan, I know it's not your style of music, but the Headbangers Ball Halloween Special from 1989, hosted by Sam Kinison. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I would watch that. I'd watch that. I actually wore that tape out. Oh. I watched it so much, the tape eventually broke. I, and thankfully, I found somebody online who had another co- who had a copy. So I finally have a DVD of that 1989 Halloween Headbangers Ball special. You probably watched. <laughs> Headbangers. Did you watch Headbangers Ball, Jared? Uh, remember, I didn't have cable until about ninety-five. Uh, right. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I, I lived out in the country. My parents were cheap. They, what do you mean were? They still are cheap. <laughs> um, you know, they they really were just against cable. You know, I was just like, uh, I was. I, I lived. Thankfully, I lived near St. Louis. So, you know, I could still watch the St. Louis channels, you know, uh, via our uh, roof antenna. But, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, cable goes, it wasn't until 95 my parents decided, oh, okay, let's get DirecTV. Well, in 95, was Prime Star still around yet or had DirecTV eaten them yet? I can't remember in 95. You know what? Maybe it was Prime Star. I I got Prime Star first. I I had Prime Star first and then... They got bought by DirecTV, and then we got DirecTV, and have not left them since. I but, forgot yeah. all about Prime Star, so maybe it might have been Prime Star, either either Prime Star or DirecTV. It was it was one of those digital satellite systems. How can you forget and, about Prime Star? Captain Picard narrated the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. I don't oh. remember that. I really don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, but Patrick Stu- Patrick Stewart was their spokesman back then. Unless nice. I'm misremembering it. I'm sure some fan will take me to task for that. <laughs> Speaking of which, Brad, you have been doing this long enough that Jared and I have hit a weird moment in our association with you. Yeah. Having fans. Oh, yeah, it's I... weird for me to get fan letter, fan letters, and they talk to me. Because I'm used to the ones that that are all about, hey, can you ask Brad this? I love Brad stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it's all about, you know, I'm just a waiter for them to talk to Brad. But I've gotten fan mail, and it's weird. I I mean, not not the people. The fact that I can't countenance the fact that I have fans. Oh, nice. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I actually, on on my Facebook friends, there's a percentage of my friends that I have uh, kind of sorted into this list uh, labeled TCS fans, the Cinema Snob fans. I'm, I'm actually looking at, the, um, uh, looking at the fans that are online right now on Facebook. And uh, yeah, and, and I get the same thing. I get, I get instant messages from fans. Hey, uh, what does Brad think about this movie? I'm like, I don't know. Message him. <laughs> Can you ask Brad how I can make my girlfriend's genitals talk? Because I can't figure it out. <laughs> no, like it's it's gotten to the, like uh, I feel I feel really bad because it's gotten to in the past few months, several months, something like that. Uh, that uh, I can't I uh, I feel bad because sometimes I miss a lot of people's emails because <laughs> I'll I'll get. I'll get quite a bit. I'm like, oh man, some of them. And like, I'll like last weekend, I I, I ran into a couple of people who asked me like a specific question about an email that that had been sent, and I I had to explain like, I'm so sorry. Sometimes I I get I just get really backed up, and I feel really bad because I usually don't see a lot of people's emails. Well, you know <laughs> you, how you can uh, make it up to us. 
you know, this is where we get to exploit your friendship. Yeah, <laughs> we're totally going to abuse our friendship with you, man. <laughs> well, because it's it, it's like the whole C two E two thing. How yeah. about bringing your friends with you? You know, how about saying, "Hey, I've got this Jared Follies, and I've got this Josh Hadley guy I do a show with. Maybe would um, you bring them too?" By the way, yep. that's foils. Foils. I'll sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'll bring Jared Follies. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jared. I I really didn't mean to do that. No, no problem. Like, no, uh, problem. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, like uh, last few conventions I've been to, like you know, uh, Brian and Sarah have gone with me. Of this previous, this previous one, Sarah went with me and Max Force. Yeah, uh, what was funny? Like uh, this was great. Like I went to a, I went to a convention with uh, Doug like uh, a year or so ago, and it was before. It was like right when I had started on that guy with the glasses. So um, I was doing. Uh, I was in an autograph session with Doug, and so this was this was a little while back. So I I didn't have quite as many fans as I do right now. So I'm in an autograph session with Doug, and it was so funny that the people who were coming up to me. Asking for an autograph and just had no idea who I was. You're with him, so you have to be famous. Uh, what? You're with him, so you must be famous. Kind of. I know, thing. right? Like I'm sitting there, like it was like one of the, it was like out of politeness. They're like, oh, here, you can sign it too, and I'm like, cool. So it was great because like I could t- I could tell when they like had never if they like never seen my show before I could kind of tell. So whenever that happened, I would write something like very very specific from my show that in no way they would have gotten. <laughs> like, here, can you sign this? Oh, yeah, sure. I am the waffle maker, Brad Jones. <laughs> nice. I'm going to throw it out there to to anyone listening. If you want a live episode of Radiodrome from your convention, we can do it, especially if it's on a Saturday night. We can do it uncut and without a time limit. Oh, yeah. You know, bring Brad, bring Jared, bring me. If mm-hmm. if you're willing to bring us out there, we can do a live radio drone from your con. And I I am being a whore right now to the point where I should be wearing a fright wig and blowing guys down by the pier. <laughs> I am such a whore at the moment. We could we could even do a live episode of Brad and Jared. Yeah, just Brad watching you two get annoyed. Brad and Jared cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone really need to see that though? <laughs> I, I'm actually liking that idea. We, we should we should totally. <laughs> I've got to ask: this. Have you have you ever seen the uh, the work print of uh, Grizzly Two? That his you haven't. No, I have you, to send you yeah, you're you're telling me about it with like Charlie Sheen or something. Yeah, yeah, it's for a while. Like I was doing some reading on this thing for a while. Like, does he get tiger was, blood on him? Winnie. No, uh, no, no. There wasn't actually. There was barely any blood in the movie. Um... So this for a while, I guess this movie only sort of existed as like an urban legend, like no one knew if this actually happened. But then a work print of it surfaced. I found this work print, and that's what I did my episode on. This movie was never finished; it was never released. And I'm watching most of it, and I'm sort of like, "Well, the movie's 97 minutes long," so I'm like, "Well, it's the length of a full movie. What's missing here?" I'm watching the thing, and uh, there's not a bear in the movie. Well, except for the end, you see like a little like kind of stuffed bear pop up. But maybe they were planning on shooting that last when they ran they, out of that's, money. That's very. They were planning on shooting because you're <clears> watching <throat> the movie, and it's for the most part pretty coherent. Like uh, it does, it, for the most part, it is fairly coherent. You know, it feels like there's a point A, there's a point B, there's a point C. You know, there is, for what it's worth, you know, there is there is a cohesive story there that would. 
be there had it been finished, even though there wasn't that much of a story in it to begin with. So I'm watching it, and it becomes pretty clear that the only thing that's missing is just they never shot, they never got around to shooting the animatronic bear to put in the movie. And this movie, it's got George Clooney in it, Laura Dern, Charlie Sheen, John Reese davies Louise Fletcher, <laughs> Deborah Foreman from uh, Valley Girl. Lobster uh, Man from Mars, Sweet. yeah. Yeah, Charles Cyphers is in it. So I'm like, this movie, like, what, okay, so this movie's actually got a lot of people in it. And then it gets to the end. That's when it gets, then it, I'm sitting there like, what, was, what couldn't they have shot? Take five minutes, shoot a guy in a bear costume, splice it in there, whatever. And then it gets to the end where you get, like, the sequence with the bear is supposed to be, uh, is supposed to be attacking people at this concert in the middle of the woods. And it's, wow. <laughs> is it Just Santa like, Claus Conquers the Martians, the polar bear scene kind of thing? No, no. Wh- oh, oh, that would have been fine because at least then that would have been a whole scene. This scene was like, chopped up with no sound you could hear the director say cut several times you could hear the director giving people stage direction there was one minute there would be the people speeding in their car driving towards something the next minute they would be out of the car looking at they're supposed to be looking at the bear and there's sparks behind them and then it would cut to john reese davies stabbing the bear then getting killed and then in the next take he's alive again nice that's when it gets really jumbled. It's like, oh, okay. Now it feels like an unfinished film. Yeah, I wanted to tell you about that since I, 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 I figured you, you might actually... I, I kind of figured one, you might have a copy of it. That one I, ha- I didn't. I do have a bunch of work prints, some of which are vastly different than the released version, and some that just have a soundtrack difference. Oh, oh! Speaking of soundtrack, yeah, this one was great because it had a temp soundtrack in there, and it was all Michael Jackson. Yeah, because they would have ever had the rights to those. <laughs> well, all right, I want to do our DVD giveaway because I'm going to forget. We're going to all going to get talking, and I'm never going to get this in if we don't do this. So, for the next six weeks, Alternative Cinema just partnered with us, and they gave us a bunch of DVDs to give away to you people. So, for the next six weeks. The first person to answer our obscure trivia question will get a different DVD. And I'm not going to say what they all are because I don't know what order we're going to give them away yet. But this week, we're giving away Stephen Romano Presents Shock Festival. And, and I don't know if either of you guys have seen this, but it's two a disc of old Grindhouse trailers, cool. a, a second disc of all new Grindhouse trailers for movies that don't exist, yeah. which is really <laughs> interesting, and a, yeah. and a third disc, which is a CD of 300 radio spots for Grindhouse movies, as well as a little, as well as a booklet and a commentary track by Stephen Romano uh, over the entire, the entirety of the uh, trailers. Yeah. So we're giving this away. Now this All is what, these could be yours if the trivia is right. If you know the answer to this question, e- the first person to email me at 1201beyond at gmail.com with the answer to name four of the songs played at the end of Radiodrome episodes. There's been 12 aired episodes before this. So all you need to do is name four of the songs. I want the artist and the song title. Because some of them would be pretty easy to get the artist. All, you know, I play a lot of Dead Kennedys. They can go, oh, Dead Kennedys. You got to get me the song title as well. So you guys have a really good chance. And I'm actually a little pissed I have to give this away because this is a really good DVD set. And 
mine's kind of beat up, so I'm a little angry I actually have to give this away. Damn fans. Is it bad that I know the answer to the question? <laughs> What's that? Is it bad that I don't know the answer to the question? No, it's not. <laughs> because, see, all the questions, this is something I'm going to tell the listeners right now, all the questions are going to be things you can't just Google. I'm going to make sure it's questions that you have to know this stuff, you have, or you have to look it up, or you have to listen to things Brad and Jared and I talk about. These are yeah. not going to be things where you just plunk in who played this role in this movie into Google. <laughs> I don't want to make it that easy. Who played Linda Lovelace in the movie Deep Throat? <laughs> well, see, she was credited as herself. Oh, so <laughs> herself. <laughs> it's, it's a weird name when you think about it. Who would name their child herself? <laughs> Especially if it were a boy. That was that, it was based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just watched Inside Deep Throat tonight. How was that? I, I, Th- that I, I, documentary. I was actually surprised they were able to show the deep throating scene. Oh, good. And I was like, okay, this aired on HBO. That's hardcore triple X porn. I wasn't sure. Yeah, it got an it got an NC it got the NC seventeen. Well, I I think they probably got away with it more because it was a documentary, so it was in an informational setting. Yeah. Actually, you make a good point because I've seen stuff like that on Real Sex. Yeah. And you'd never be able to show that on a Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. But <clears throat> I, I wanted to point out, I picked up something really cool that I wasn't even aware was available in America this week. Yeah. A two-tape VHS set of Werner Herzog's Nosferatu. comes in a, a little paper coffin with two clamshell tapes in it. One, the American version. One, the German version. Oh, Nice. Because the film was shot in Germany with German actors, they yeah. shot all the takes in English and then shot all the takes in German. So it's actually two different cuts of the film and two different takes for the oh. same scripted scenes. Yeah. And I've never seen the German version of that. Oh, I, I did I, I did not even know that they did that. Me either. Until I bought this, it was $1.99 for the two tapes. I'm like, I'll take that. I also picked up uh, Star 80. Eric Roberts oh, I love his, Star 80. Eric Roberts has his ultra sleazy, sleazy role. Oh, man. That movie's great. I love Star 80. That's, that's one of my favorite uh, Eric Roberts performances. And I also picked up another copy of The Visitor, one of my all-time favorite films. Yeah. It, it, it's a different... Re- you didn't like that one? No, I've never seen it. Oh, man. It's got Lance... I, I, I was just saying, yeah. <laughs> oh, you kind of had like a yeah tone yeah, to it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you yeah, got... Visitor. It, it's got Lance Henriksen, Mel Ferrer, uh, Sam Peckinpah, Shelley Winters, John Huston, Joanna Nail. Oh, it's got like three or four other big actors. It's got Franco Nero as Space Jesus. It's a completely incoherent mess of a movie, and it's one of my all-time favorite films. Oh, brilliant! So, I know what your fa- I know what your favorite movie is. People know mine. Jared, we've been ignoring you partially on purpose. What's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite movie that that you kind of would have to explain why it's your favorite film to people? The Rush documentary. <laughs> well, that is the first title that comes to mind, but um, oh god, um, because everyone always has. I don't like the term guilty pleasure. No, I, I, I think I that's a stupid term. But you know they, what? Yeah. Actually, uh, and and I gotta thank Brad for. Um, getting me back in touch with this because as a kid this really was my favorite movie 
And I don't know, I guess just uh, as the years went on, I just kind of forgot about it, but Short Circuit. Short Circuit, and, and Brad uh, Brad got me back in touch with Short Circuit, too, um, whenever he came back and, and told the story about how he made Sarah cry <laughs> <laughs> with, with uh, that scene in Short Circuit, too. I um, love Short Circuit, too. Short Circuit, you know, too, is one of my favorite comedies of the 80s. And and what's great is is Short Circuit was also the same way. It was it was also a really good comedy, and it was it was just a great, um, it, it was it was just a great um, movie that really showed where our generation came from. I mean, nowadays, it, you know, what was the rating on those movies? Do, do, do you guys remember? PG PG? I don't think PG. they ever got to thirteen at all. No, it, no, no, yeah, the uh, first, the second one had to be cut down, but it. They had to cut out a couple of f bombs, but it okay. was they were both PG. Well, and and you see that's what's sad because uh, there was that uh, scene uh, in which Johnny Five gets on that pedestal and says, uh, "You're pissing me off," you know, and he's and they still get that PG um, and they still get that PG rating. Nowadays, you know, it's got to be way softer than that to get a PG rating. And oh, yeah, they, they dropped the F-bomb in the first one. Well, Jared, go back and watch the original Planet of the Apes. That's rated yeah. G. Yeah. Let's see. Wow. Heston's walking around with his ass hanging out through half the movie. He see, <laughs> he says bastard, bitch, damn, and hell at least a dozen times in the movie. Oh, yeah. A bunch of people get killed. They basically are trying to force him to rape Nova when he's in the cell, and that's wow. G? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, everything in do, everything in, in do, you know... In its in time? Respect, yeah. Well, no, I was going to say, like, everything in due respect, you know, like, like okay, maybe G was a bit much for uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, for Charlton Heston and all that. Um, but, you know... Language in, in in just what is what is um, basically a child's movie, you know, Short Circuit and Short Circuit Two was was um, marketed as a child's movie. It's oh, just yeah. every so often, the, huh? Did you know the first one was originally written as a horror film? It's not surprising. I, I, I can see that in the chopping mall vein. Mm -hmm. Really, I had. I, so what, Johnny the Five first was supposed one, to be a killer? The original, the first one, the original script for the first one, it was uh, Johnny Five was the villain, uh, and uh, went and was struck by lightning. Lightning came to life and went on a kill crazy rampage. I'm sure, <laughs> and he was and he was he was the villain. But after it was rewritten, it was rewritten, and then after so many rewrites, it suddenly became a comedy, and and Johnny Five was turned into what we now know as, as Johnny Five. Well, which it's... That, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Knowing... And, and, and I'm going by... I, I'm, I'm just going by, by the assumption that, the, it, that it was the same writers who wrote, like, the horror film and then kind of rewrote it and rewrote it. I'm going by that assumption. But So if that's true, that actually... It, it sort of makes sense why, like, uh, the second... Why the second one... Because the second one is written by the same people who wrote the first one. And uh, it makes sense why there is still a lot of dark stuff in the second one. I love this. I basically consider, like, the second one to be, like, the first one, but for adults. Um, well, on the same token, look at... I Literally, just tonight, I showed my son the toy with uh, yeah. Richard Pryor. Yeah. And you remember that was marketed as a kid's film. Uh -huh. There's all that racial stuff in it about, like, you know, he bought a black man. 
I wasn't aware that we sold them. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, wow. and there's all these black things, and then it turns out that Jackie Gleason's a member of the Klan, and they end up taking down the white sheets, and there's all these black jokes. I mean, I'm talking borderline offensive black jokes in this, yeah. in what is essentially a kid's film. It makes me wonder if there wasn't two scripts that they kind of mashed together and that it was not originally written with all the racial humor in it. That would be really weird if Johnny Five turned out to be a Klansman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what was re- you know what was really funny? Keep in mind, my son is 17. When we were watching the toy, he didn't realize what year it came out. He goes, yeah. I could have seen Eddie Murphy in this role. And I just thought, I'm like, Eddie Murphy wasn't even on SNL yet. In 1980, come on! <laughs> Johnny Five as a Klansman. Now I'm just uh, uh, now I'm just uh, coming up with a parody of that um, scene, Brad, that you've been uh, that you've been um, making me laugh with. Two black guys enter the thing, and uh, they try to attack him, and he says something like, "You know, bad black guys" or something. Well, Jared, have you seen the the quote-unquote alternate ending that fans put together on YouTube where RoboCop comes in and blows Johnny Five up? (laughs) No! It's actually edited quite well, so it almost fits together. But all of a sudden, RoboCop comes in and he starts shooting and blows Johnny Five to pieces. Oh, I don't oh, know if I can man. that. That might make me, that might make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I think it was called, like, sh- Short Circuit 2, the deleted ending or something like that. Yeah, I, someone, sent me, someone actually sent me a link to that today, and I could see the still shot in the window, and it was clearly Johnny, the scene, it was clearly a shot from the scene where Johnny Five is getting torn up, and I'm kind of sitting there like, I don't know if I want to watch that. Well, sp- speaking <laughs> I don't of that, know what happens in that? Speaking <laughs> like, of that, have you either of you guys ever seen probably the most depressing? Uh, now, Brad, I know you have cats. I don't, Jared, I'm going to assume you're an animal lover as well. If you live upstairs yes. from his cats, I, I actually have a uh, black and white cat. Okay, I've got two dogs, a cat, and some bunnies. Have you either of you ever seen probably the most depressing? dirtiest anime, and I don't mean dirty in like a sexual way, but it makes you feel dirty movie ever called Plague Dogs. Plague Dogs. No, I don't think I've ever heard of it. No, me neither. Oh, it's a British movie. Again, bringing up Captain Picard, he plays like a soldier in it or something. No, no kidding. It, uh, uh, John Hurt's the, one of the voices of one of the dogs. Even if you don't have a dog, when you watch this movie, you will go out and find a dog and give him a big hug and let him know that he's loved. I'm sure. It's yeah, it's a it's a stuff. it's about two dogs who are being experimented on in England. I mean, like one of them has like electrodes coming out of his brain when they escape, and one of them I can't remember which one. He's insane. He's lived in captivity his whole life. He's never not walked on wire mesh. And oh wow! At the end, they're the whole time. I'm going to give a spoiler because it's a 20 plus year old movie. So screw you if you haven't seen it yet. They end up are trying to escape to this uh, land they've heard about where dogs are treated respectfully. And they, they, the only human being that's nice to them in the film, they end up accidentally killing. They both end up swimming off into the ocean and drowning trying to get to this island. It just It is the most depressing film ever. Wow. And in America, it was sold as a kid's film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you speak of you know, having a hard time with Johnny Five blowing up. Watch Plague Dogs. Oh wow. man, I've I've never heard of this. Oh man, I I have yeah I have troubles watching stuff like that. That's that's some emotional stuff right there. <laughs> it you is. know who that reminds what that kind of reminds me of in in more of a human 
human aspect than a than a uh, dog animal than an animal aspect. Um, what's that? Uh, I forget the name of the movie, but it was um, was it was it was it Richard Gere? Maybe it was Richard Gere. Ah, the jackal. What? <laughs> <laughs> Brad, stop Tourette'sing. Jared's talking. No, no, no um, uh, I think it was Richard Gere and. Um, it, it was it was a romance movie where uh, he was like a retired sailor or something like that, and he was writing letters to the officer and gentleman. No. Sorry, <laughs> now you're Tourettesing on me. Eternal affairs. <laughs> it's dribble from behind. The, it, it's the movie that gave us that catchphrase. Uh, you are my north. Uh, I I've never heard that. Yeah, you've lost me, Jared. <laughs> No, seriously. It, I mean, it's about at, him. He's a sailor and he's writing letters. Yeah, writing letters to his uh, long lost love or something. Here, you know what? Uh, talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. I'm, I'm going to Google that real quick. <laughs> it's going to drive him nuts if he doesn't know what the title it of that is. movie is. It's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> Do you remember who else was in it? Do you remember who the girl was? I mean, that might help. Diane Lane, because she seemed to... She, I don't know, for some reason, I'm getting a picture of Diane Lane in my head, like I maybe saw a trailer for this at some point. Well, there was uh, there was that... Uh, well, her, Richard Gere and Diane Lane were both in Unfaithful. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't remember what I'm thinking of. Oh, but speaking of, well, we're talking amongst ourselves, I picked up... Do you remember back in the mid-'80s, or not mid-'80s, mid-'90s, when they released Godzilla tapes that had, yeah. like, down the spine was all part of a larger picture. Yeah. I finally found the last one of those. So oh, I, I finally nice. have the Godzilla picture sitting on my shelf. The, oh, beautiful. The weird thing is, I have a feeling the company that released these had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. Some of the movies are on SLP speed. Some are on SP speed. One is on LP speed. I don't <laughs> understand that. But the weirdest thing is, they're totally out of order. <laughs> I mean, to make the picture, obviously that's the order you need to to make the picture. Uh, yeah. That's not even close to the continuity. I mean, you've got you've got Godzilla 85 as the third one there, and then two 70s movies after it, and then, <laughs> and then you've got a 60s movie, and it's like, what are you people doing? Do you have any clue what you bought? <laughs> Did you just say, ah, oh, they're Godzilla films, who cares, just put them out. Yeah, eh, you know, whatever. Well, and the picture is from Godzilla '85, so the it's big, like the, the big, the big picture that it makes yeah, is from Godzilla yeah, '85. Yeah, oh, it's nice. from Godzilla '85 because it's got the the super X shooting at him. Oh, what would be funny is if the big picture made Godzilla '1985, but Godzilla '1985 wasn't one of the movies in the collection. I've I've seen that. I actually <laughs> have I actually have a Godzilla because for some reason I don't know. If Godzilla just made its rounds throughout the VHS companies, yeah. but Godzilla tapes, it was almost like they had no clue what they bought. I've got a copy of Godzilla vs. Mothra that has Ghidorah on the cover. Ghidorah's not in that film. So it's like, how did that happen? You know, well, I was at the store the other day and they had a DVD of, they had a DVD of, it was a Silent Night, Deadly Night set. Oh, the, the, the three, four, and five one? one. It, the cover was of the first one, but the set was uh, three, four, and five. Yeah, the, uh, the the Howling does that, kind of. I mean, they didn't take the cover from the wrong film. The cover yeah. has nothing to do with the box set of the movie. Yeah. It, it's just like a generic werewolf mask. I, see, I don't get when they change DVD covers. I don't like that. That's one of, that's, ugh, I hate Blu-ray covers. I freaking hate oh. Blu-ray 
covers. Don't that even... makes me it makes me it makes me for a lot of reasons, but this one in particular so not want a freaking Blu-ray player because I hate those cartoony looking photoshopped fake ass covers that are like the CGI equivalent of movie covers. We don't have enough time to go completely into that otherwise maybe that'll be next week. Look at like Uncommon Valor. You have that beautiful poster of the soldier carrying the other soldier over his arm and w- running through the rice paddy while being shot at for yeah. the poster. The DVD cover, big shot of Gene Hackman's face and that's it. You kind of yeah. uh, what? What? Uh-huh. What did you people do? I hate it. I freaking hate. Uh, I loathe covers for Blu-rays. Um, D- no, DVDs do that, too. Did he, did he find out the title of that movie? Actually, real quick. You uh, did, how okay. How do you spell Richard Gere? What, how do you spell Gere's last name? G-E-R-E. It's just like my my f- favorite uh, porno actress, Ashlyn Gere. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I love I love Ashlyn. I've been trying to get her on the show for a while, but she gave up the business and vanished, and I heard she became a real estate agent, and I can't find her now. So, hey, if anybody out there knows Ashlyn Gear, tell her to get in touch with the, the show. We want to interview her, do a serious interview. I'm wearing that horror wig again. So she didn't, uh, <laughs> she, she must not have uh, kept her name like... Uh, um, her, uh, her, her real name, well, she acted in legit movies under Kim, Kimberly Patton. Yeah. Uh, you might remember her, did you ever watch Millennium a lot or Space Above and Beyond? Oh, I know who she is. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, but, she did a lot of legit films as well. Yeah. Yeah, she was in uh she was in Creepazoids. Yep. Yeah. And uh Evil Laugh. Yeah. And that yeah. yeah, and uh her real name is like Kimmy McKay, something like that. I mean, I I want to sit down and have a serious interview with her because she was one of those porn actresses that was able to do something that I've never seen another person in the porn industry do maintain a hardcore porn career at the same time she had a high-end mainstream Hollywood career. Yeah, wow. I've never seen. I mean, I've seen it happen. Not necessarily mainstream Hollywood, but I have seen it like with uh, Robert Kerman, who had uh, his adult films going on while simultaneously was doing a lot, doing some action movies in Italy. But but, but here you had you had Ashlyn doing high end Fox shows like The X Files and Millennium and Space Above and Beyond and she was on yeah. Silk Stockings and she was in movies like Final Destination and The One at the same yeah. time she's doing Club Sin and Inside Ashland. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I've never seen another actress that was able to maintain those two careers at the yeah. same time. It's very rare. <laughs> and she was also one of those I'm not trying to put down porn actresses, especially in this day and age when most of them actually can act. But yeah. Ashlyn had this thing where she could act. Even in her porn movies, you never doubted the lines she was saying. She uh-huh. was actually giving a performance in the non-sex scenes, too, which is something I always... Maybe that's why it kind of turned me on to her that, wow, she's trying. She's not just doing the, oh, my God, I can't pay for the pizza Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> Legitimately a very talented person. Yeah, and I would just l- l- love to interview her and She's like falling off the face of the earth. So yeah. I don't know what happened to poor Ashlyn. I, I want you know, to talk to her. I just uh, I found out uh, just recently that a uh, porn star came out of my hometown, Jerseyville, <laughs> Illinois. Which one? Or do you not uh, want to say? I I think I don't know if she still goes by her real name. It was but, Johnny uh, Keys. <laughs> <laughs> Harold Reams. Huh? <laughs> 
Nothing. Harold Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't know if she still goes by her real name, but uh, her real name, last name was Parrish. Interesting. Did you ever yeah. find out that we only got uh, two minutes left? Did you ever find out that movie? I I didn't, and perhaps it'll be for next week um, or, or whatever. Uh, I'm well, sure. I'm sure it'll pop up on the forum on Brad's site. It'll pop up. In, it'll pop up in the comments. Someone, someone out there right. is bound to know what it is. Uh, it'll, yeah. it'll, it, it should pop up in the comments. <laughs> uh, for these next two minutes, do you mind if I uh, plug my show? Oh, I forgot about that. I am so yeah. sorry. Yes, Not you have something coming up in April, don't you, Jared? I, I do, I do. Um, I am putting together a, a web show that I believe, as far as my knowledge goes, is the most original idea. It's a video game show, but it's not a review show. Uh, it's called The Game Report. And uh, right now, I'm just rallying all fans. If you have uh, a computer that has game cam or fraps, uh, any kind of those capture uh, software on there that you can like capture the footage while you play the game, you know. And and if it and if that captured game footage uh, yields something awesome, something cool, or or just something uh, 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 ridiculously silly, you know, email it to me, uh, Jared underscore foils at hotmail dot com. Email is also visible on my Facebook page. And same goes for consoles. For consoles, uh, they've got a device called Dazzle. Um, it's essentially a AV composite on one side and, and a USB on the other. It's this cord that you just uh, plug into your computer, uh, and then you plug your console into the uh, Dazzle, and uh, you know you can you can um, capture the game footage right there from your console. Uh, email those in to me. And uh, if all goes well, you might actually see it on the game report. Awesome. We got to go. 1201beyond at gmail.com. Jared underscore foils at hotmail.com. You all know Brad's address since you all listen to him for him only. <laughs> I'm going to say good night. Brad? Good night. Jared? Good night, everybody.